0: Shall we begin? Let the games begin. All right, all right, all right. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Get to the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. everybody and welcome to the movie podcast i am your host christian thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week uh this week's podcast is gonna be very quick hopefully very different uh i'm actually recording this at work so if you hear noise in the background or anything like that it's because of that Uh, i'm also by a window which is the only place that i can find a really good place to record by so if you hear cars or anything like that uh, I'll try to, of course, uh, edit those out, but uh, I'm pretty sure some of those will get through. So, uh, I apologize. Also, uh, my voice will probably seem a little bit lower. I had to get really close to my mic over here, so um, apologies for uh, for that. So uh, it's good to be back, though. Uh, before before I even get to the podcast, uh, of course, I've been gone for a couple weeks. Uh, one is because I just had some. You know, I just couldn't record a podcast at all, uh, and then last week I was out. Uh, I was out of town. Uh, which was really great. I went on a little vacation uh, with my family uh, safely, of course, you know, there's still COVID out there. Uh, But it was really nice getting out of town for for a little bit and um, enjoying it, you know, especially for Mother's Day. So hopefully everyone had a nice Mother's Day weekend. And yeah, so uh, it was really nice, nice to get away from it. It was uh, fairly, uh, it was naturey. If anyone follows me on my personal account, you know that I went to, uh, to Tennessee, which is really nice. And, um, and yeah, that was really cool. So, uh, all right, uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's get to the podcast before, um, I have to go back to work. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll probably be recording this in segments. So you probably, hopefully you probably won't notice. Maybe you will, but, um, yeah, I'm going to be recording this in segments. It's going to be a very interesting, uh, editing week <laughs> for me, uh, or day anyway, I should say. All right. Uh, let's get to the podcast this week. There was a lot of trailers that came out this week, like a lot of trailers. Uh, so we're going to get to the trailers that came out this week. Um, we're going to talk about quickly about some of them. The first one is The Prodigy. Uh, that was directed by Martin Campbell, who directed Casino Royale. Uh, Maggie, Maggie Q stars in that. She plays an assassin who is hell-bent on avenging the murder of her mentor, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Michael Keaton also appears in the movie. Looks like he's playing the villain. Uh, Robert Patrick's also in there. Looks like he's playing an ally to Maggie Q's character. It looks fine. It looks... Interesting. It is coming out in theaters. It's coming out August twentieth. It is probably one of those movies that you would assume you know would come out sometime around like Labor Day or something like that, where the box office isn't um, you know too packed, or you know studios are just trying to fill that weekend up with some movies, uh, which seems to be the case for this. But um, it looks fine. It looks interesting. It does look like a straight to VOD kind of movie, but with a cast like Maggie Q and Michael Keaton and, and Samuel L. Jackson, I'm assuming that they probably had. Uh, better hopes for this movie and uh, of course with covid coming out it kind of just fell by the wayside so it looks interesting it looks fine but um doesn't look like anything you know too out of the blue nothing we haven't seen before Uh, the next quick trailer thought is for wish dragon that is the new animated movie by netflix and sony pictures animation uh that follows den played by uh, or voiced by i should say uh jimmy wong who is a college student with big dreams, but uh, obviously very small means, and Long, a cynical but all-powerful dragon capable of granting wishes. And they set off on an adventure uh, through modern-day Shanghai in a pursuit for Den's long-lost childhood friend, Lena. Their journey forces them to answer some of life's biggest questions because when you can wish for anything you have to decide what really matters that's from the synopsis uh this looks fun Uh, sony pictures animations i think they're finally really coming in on their own animation wise um they have the mitchells versus the machines up on netflix which was really fun it was really great i really really like that movie it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year if not my favorite movie of the year so far but uh yeah wish dragon looks interesting uh that comes out or starts streaming i should say comes out streaming yeah uh on june 11th so we don't have to wait too long for that but um it should be interesting to see uh how that plays and of course you know sony and netflix have that big deal now so we'll probably be seeing a lot more um of these movies get uh priority over at netflix uh, through the sony brand and deal uh the next one is also a netflix movie it's uh the trailer for fatherhood which uh, stars kevin hart and this is actually based off a memoir by matthew uh lognan and hart plays character named matt obviously it's a memoir so he's playing character named matt Uh, a man who would do anything in his power to be the father for his daughter's needs no matter the challenges he confronts along the way uh this is pretty cool it's always nice to see kevin hart doing something different uh he had the dramedy that came out a few years ago with brian cranston it was a remake of a french movie and i can't remember what the movie was now but or what the title of the movie is now but he did that and it's always nice to see him kind of pull away because you know we we you he, you see kevin hart in the cast list or in the trailer or poster or something like that and you automatically assume that oh it's just going to be a comedy or he's going to be a goofball or, he's going to be the comic relief or something along those lines so it's always nice to see him see him in a different movie and you know this is a dramedy so there's going to be you know comedy in it but for the most part it looks like it's going to be a drama and it's nice even it's nice seeing him you know kind of do these projects every now and then because it's always fun to see actors who you always see in a common mode and do something a little bit different especially comedic actors so this is really cool i, I really enjoy the trailer for what it was uh, the next trailer is for stillwater that is directed and co-written by tom mccarthy he was one of the uh, not one of the he was the director for spotlight uh, and this stars matt damon he plays an oil rig worker from stillwater oklahoma who goes to paris or goes to france i should say to try to exonerate his estranged daughter played by abigail breslin over a murder that she did not commit or maybe she did who knows depending on how you know they want to play the movie uh, confronted with language barriers cultural differences and a complicated legal system bill builds a life for himself in france as he makes it his personal mission to exonerate his daughter Uh, That movie comes out on July 30th. You know, I've seen the movie on the theater or not theater. the release schedule for it was supposed to come out last year, I think. And it got pushed this year and it looks it looks intriguing. Um, You know, Damon has, you know, the the southern accent. He's got like the beard and everything. Him going to France and and it just it it looks I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't think it's based off anything. In particular, uh, from what I can uh, remember, I forgot to look it up or anything like that. But um, yeah, it looks it looks intriguing, to say the least. And finally, the last quick trailer thought we're going to go into is the Hitman's Bodyguards, uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Selma Hayek all return uh, from, for the, from from the from the from the first one, uh, which sees Reynolds Michael Bryce, who is still unlicensed, going on a bodyguard sabbatical (laughs) and he gets pulled back into the life by hyac who is on the run from a vengeful hitman played or a vengeful uh businessman and under you know underground boss played by antonio banderas who is also pregnant with samuel jackson's darius's baby eventually all three of them must join forces to stop banderas's character from destroying all of europe co-starring in the movie are uh frank grillo who looks to be playing some sort of agent because he does appear in the trailer uh he tells him not to mess it up and of course ryan <laughs> ryan reynolds delivers the perfect comeback he's like oh no we're gonna mess it up uh, and then and then we have morgan freeman who finally pops up in the trailer we knew he was part of the cast but we haven't seen him in anything he does pop in uh we don't know who he's playing just yet he kind of just pops in like his name is there and he just pops in so i'm assuming probably kind of a glorified cameo maybe a little bit but um I like the first one i thought the first one was pretty funny i like obviously the thing that carries it is the relationship and the chemistry between reynolds and jackson and they have great chemistry together so um it looks like it's continuing here and now you have salma hayek joining in the fun so i'm i'm looking forward to this the hitman's wife the hitman's wife's bodyguard that's a mouthful comes out on june 16th i'll definitely be watching that because this looks like a lot of fun all right so let's move on to the big trailers of the week all right, so the first new trailer, the big trailer, is that of Sony Pictures' next. Uh, I'm gonna say it because I have. To, I feel like I have to kind of say it. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say it afterwards. Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters movie, Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, first trailer finally came out, and it looks okay. Uh, the sequel will be directed by Annie Circus, who is of course the new director taking over from Ruben Flesher from the first movie and we 'll bring back Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock along with Michelle Williams and Reed Scott, and Woody Harrelson, who is finally going to play Claytis cassidy aka Carnage uh, He got rid of his horrible wig uh, looks like he's <laughs> looks like he 's wearing a better wig this time around uh, obviously we don 't know uh, a lot about. The actual story of the movie of course we know that carnage is going to be involved it looks like from the trailer uh that clatus is going uh to the death penalty and somehow gets infected by by something by a symbiote that maybe is out there or somehow or maybe you know something we don't we don't really know but he gets infected so it looks at least from the trailer it looks like he's going through the death penalty he's getting lethal injection and um he starts spewing out the symbiote uh carnage uh, we know that Naomi Harris is in the movie as well. She will be playing Shriek. Uh, we get a few shots of her in the trailer. It looks like she's locked up at a institution um, at one point, and she looks like she probably helps Claytis break out, or maybe Claytis helps her break out. We we don't again, we don't know. Obviously, the trailer is uh, very misleading, and there is a lot of quick cuts and stuff like that. Uh, the trailer does start off with what looks like kind of like a buddy comedy kind of thing with Venom cooking Eddie. Dinner or not dinner? uh, Breakfast, and uh, so it it starts very oddbally, and then it gets a little bit more serious. And then you know we see carnage. We get our our first look at him. It looks a little dark. I don't know why they're kind of hiding it. We do, you do see the red in it, but I don't know. It looks kind of dark every time he appears. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're finishing up the effects, so they want to kind of hide it a little bit, or if the movie's just going to be dark all over again, so you can't really tell what's going on um which would be a shame if that's really the case but um i don't know i think it looks i think it looks pretty cool uh i don't know i think it it, it looks i didn't know what to expect to be honest uh i wasn't the biggest fan of the first one i did enjoy it for what it was but even then it wasn't really that much but um, uh, this one it looks i don't know it looks it looks okay uh i am gonna End up watching it because I do love the character and I do love Carnage and I do like a lot of the cast members in here. So uh, we'll have to see how that kind of works out in the end. Uh, Venom: Let There Be Carnage will open up on September 24th only in theaters, as the trailer points out. So we'll have to wait to see how that works out for them. The next trailer is the fifth and potential final Purge movie called The Forever Purge, and we finally got our first look at it. We finally kind of know what's going on because up until this point we haven't really known anything plot wise and that's kind of how it usually works out in the movies because we usually never really know anything about the movies until we get a trailer uh at least in the last half of the movies so this one will follow a couple named adela and juan who find themselves stranded on a texas ranch while fleeing a drug cartel There they wind up at the mercy of a group of outsiders who plan to unlawfully continue their own purge, aka the Forever Purge, as one of the characters points out in the trailer, and turn against the couple to eliminate them as well as anyone else who might come to their aid. The movie is directed by Avarado Gout, who directed a movie called Days of Grace. Uh, He is um, taking over from franchise creator James DeMonaco, who is coming back and is writing the movie so he's written all of them he created the franchise he did not direct the last movie and he didn't direct this one i can't remember if he directed um election day the third one can't remember if he directed that one as well but um was that the third one what was the third one i can't remember anymore um i know he didn't direct the last one and he's not directing this one either uh the cast is filled um the cast has always kind of felt unknowns there's always like some people that we recognize in here uh josh lucas plays one of the people it looks like he's one of the ranch hands or maybe one of the owners of the ranch will penn looks like he's well he's in it but he doesn't look like he's gonna survive the trailer he doesn't even look like he survives the trailer so he's not gonna survive the movie but he's in there um so uh i really have i'm really intrigued by the purge franchise because the first movie I wasn't really a big fan of it i felt like it kind of held back a little bit on the concept and then anarchy came out which i think is one of the better ones and it kind of finally let loose on the concept uh it you know it took place outside took place in the city the first one took place in an, entirely in a house so we're only seeing the purge from one perspective we're seeing the purge from the perspective of the people that could afford to protect themselves from the purge night but you know the purge eventually comes into their home whereas the purge anarchy was more about uh, the people who are not as fortunate, who can't you know afford a, you know, security system, and they have to survive. And the third one was about the election, and the fourth and the last one was about the the first purge, and it was about um, you know this kind of community that you know this the community who's low funded and don't have a lot of you know protection and people don't care about them, and this one you know was following uh, kind of ranch hands and following, um a couple who is on the run and everything like that and the thing about the purge movies also is that they always have this underlying at least the first one was kind of this underlying uh political kind of theme to it and the second one kind of started because the second one was kind of really a lot more of an action movie but it also had that subtle underlying theme of uh of politics and the third one of course it was called election year so that one was straightforward about what it was trying to say and i think at that point everyone kind of knew like this is what you know, looking, looking at that one and then looking at all the, the first two, I was like, oh, okay, well, it looks like, yeah, they're trying to tell us something that's very timely. And, the you know, the fourth one was all about, you know, lower-end communities who that don't care. You know, obviously, uh, the majority of the characters were were black. And, you know, they were targeting a black community, you know, trying to make an, a quote-unquote an experiment for it. And it's like, oh, it just happens to be in this island that no one really cares about. And this one, again, following very timely, you know, a very timely um, experience that's going on now. This one is following, uh, you know, a family. It's following a lot of potentially white people killing a lot of brown people. Um, but you know, in the trailer, it says that Mexico is opening their borders. Uh, so I thought I found that uh, very interesting when that line was said. But uh, I think it would be, you know, the, the last one was really good because I, I i remember watching it it's funny because i watched it you know i live in a mostly pretty much majority hispanic community and we live right next to kind of you know it's mostly hispanic community but a lot of times we have a lot of people that come in into our community as well a lot of them happen to be black and i went to go watch the the last purge movie in a movie theater where you would think it was mostly Hispanic people, but no, it was a lot of a lot of black people there. And obviously, it probably had to do with the fact that the purge movie was a lot of the, the purge movie was being led by a majority, you know, black cast. And we were in there, and everyone was cheering and happy. And it was like, this is this is what we want. <laughs> this is, you know, you put you know people that people you know you put people who people can relate to, uh, people of color, and people are going to go watch it and they're going to enjoy the hell out of it. And this one's. You know, and that's kind of I think what the Purge movies have been doing uh, mainly because it's not just following now a white family. And the first movie was a white family. Second movie was pretty much a white family, and then they kind of just got away from that a little bit. The last two movies have been tackling issues of people with color, and I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's um, really great. I don't know why I went onto that diatribe, but I just found that very interesting uh, that they went that route. So, uh Forever Purge comes out again July 9th for all of you. I don't know why I went. Why did I go on that diatribe? I don't know. I don't, whatever. I'm keeping that all in, by the way. I'm not editing that out. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the final trailer that we're going to talk about. And this the trailer for The Green Knight. This is the very highly anticipated A24 movie written and directed by David Laurie, who directed uh, A Ghost Story. Uh, he's directing the upcoming Peter Pan and Wendy movie for Disney+ uh the epic fantasy adventure based on the authorian legend the green light tells a story of sir Gawain, played by dave patel king arthur is a reckless and headstrong nephew who embarks on a daring quest to confront the green knight himself played by or voiced by i should say i don't know if he's i don't know if he played him i know he voices them but i don't know if he actually like was there playing him like in a mocap suit uh ralph Eanson played uh, he was the father in the witch pretty sure i pronounced the last name wrong uh, a gigantic emerald skinned stranger and tester of men gowan contends with ghost giants because there are giants in the trailer thieves who we do also see and schemers and what becomes a deeper journey to define his character improve his worth in the eyes of his family and kingdom by facing the ultimate challenger the film co-stars joel edgerton alisa vikander barry kogan katie deckie and sean harris the green knight opens july 30th in theaters i'm presuming somewhere you know on vod sometime after that uh, this looks super, super cool. and the visuals alone are amazing. There was a trailer that came out last year, two years ago now at this point, I think, and everyone was really hyped up about it because it was a really good trailer. and then this trailer came out and just you know, got everyone all hyped up again. This movie looks incredible. It looks incredible the cinematography on this thing the production design on this thing is outstanding honestly it is outstanding it is so so good to look this movie could be boring and could suck but i think visually we would all we would all give it a pass because visually it's it's amazing to look at There's that shot in the trailer, which it's kind of spoilery, but I think it kind of sets up the story anyway. It may be what opened up maybe what opens up the movie, so I think they were okay with putting that out there. Where the Green Knight comes, is like, give me your best knight. Give me your you know, you can strike me down in one shot. I'll give you one shot and you can come strike me down. And Gawain comes in and chops off the head of the Green Knight, and then the Green Knight just picks up his head and just laughs, and he's like (laughs) and just walks away. He's riding off, you know, on his horse with his head with his head in his hands. I think that's awesome and it looks like maybe you know he gives dave he gives gowan a year it looks like for at least from what we can tell a year or however you know much time passes through that um to come and try again to come find him and try again i think that's really cool um i remember reading the the story of the green knight in college and it was obviously nothing like this but um I remember reading that story and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you see this, and it's like, that, that is nothing. Like, I thought that was nothing like I remember reading. So, this is really cool. I really am, really am down for it. It looks really, really awesome. I, I really do. This is definitely on my must watch list of the year. I will find a way to watch this movie. I will rent down a theater and watch it by myself if I have to. But uh, yeah, this looks really cool. So, I'm really looking forward to, to this. The Green Knight, again opens on July 30th for all of you who want to watch it. Alright, so those were all the trailers that came out this week. Obviously, all those will be linked down below in the description slash show notes area for you guys to watch them, whether for the first time or all over again. So, let us move on to this week's movie news items of the week all right so let's start off with uh there's gonna be no quick fire it's kind of a slow week this week so we're just gonna go everything that we're gonna talk about is the big movie news items of the week so the first one we're gonna talk about is very quickly because mainly because we don't know who any of them are playing but dave batista janelle monet and edward norton have all joined the sequel to knives out it is unknown what roles they'll play matter of fact we don't know anything about the sequel at all other than daniel craig will return as detective benoit blanc ryan johnson will also return to co-write the movie and direct the sequel which will be filming in greece this summer and that will come out on netflix there was that big historic deal that ryan johnson made with netflix to release not just knives out 2 but also knives out 3 so we'll have to wait and see what we have in store for that but um it's kind of funny because dave batista was the first one announced and then edward norton was the second name announced and then jonah John- John Monet was the next one that was announced so if that's the trend uh we'll obviously be keeping an, an eye out on uh who else joins knives out and uh for the following for the following couple of weeks before they start filming actually we have one more casting and that is of katherine Hahn, who is of course coming off wandavision so she is now part of the cast as well it seems like every day they're releasing new cast members so probably by the time this podcast goes up someone else would have probably would have joined so uh just be on the lookout for that i guess that's really cool after some rumors back in april netflix is moving forward with a sequel to ilona holmes the movie which came out last year was reportedly watched a record 76 million in 76 million households after being available to stream for almost four weeks so that's pretty impressive and the fact that netflix even released a number is even more impressive Uh, netflix and legendary are bringing back writer jake thorne Uh, They're also bringing, or Jack Thorne, I should say, Uh, director Harry Bradbeer and stars Millie Bobby Brown, who of course played Alona Holmes in the movie, and Henry Cavill, who played Sherlock Holmes in the movie. No word on what the sequel will be about, but there are six books to pull from. The first movie was mostly following the first novel in the series, so if they're following that trend, then the (laughs) the second movie will probably follow the second book no word yet on when the movie will go into production but with every major player and role pretty much filled out it could be probably sooner rather than later we do know that Millie Bobby Brown pretty much finished the next season of Stranger Things so I don't think she has anything else lined up on her plate uh at least that I'm aware of and Henry Cavill I believe is finishing or already finished the next season of the witcher i could be wrong i I haven't followed the witcher so i don't i I don't know if that's the case but um but yeah i think uh i think they're all freed and lined up so there you go another alona holmes movie i like the first one i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty good uh so and i i think millie bobby brown was um was really good in that role i think kind of fit her perfectly so all right um, next movie news item is that regina king has found her next directorial effort in the comic book adaptation of bitter root king will also produce the movie with ryan coogler of course the director of creed and black panther and has brian edward hill uh rewriting the script at the moment brian edward hill is also one of the uh writers who is tackling the new power rangers reboot that's happening um i don't know why they're rebooting another reboot but you know, whatever we're not gonna get into that we're not talking about that we're talking about <laughs> We're talking about Bitterroot. Uh the comic book is set during the Harlem Renaissance of 1924 and follows a racially charged monster epic that follows a fractured family of once great monster hunters who face an unimaginable evil that descends upon New York City. For generations, the family has hunted and cured those affected by the supernatural force that feeds off the prejudice of the era, transforming humans into monsters, though many of the family have died in the line of duty the surviving family members have the inevitable choice to save or kill the creatures in hopes of throtting an invasion this is really cool uh, regina king is obviously coming off um directing one nine miami which got a lot of love by a lot of critics and fans some love from you know award shows but um this is pretty cool uh that she's going i know there's a lot of people who are like why is she gonna direct you know a comic book adaptation or you know why don't she you know go and direct something else but uh i think the fact that I think it was pretty much the this idea of this, this this sounds really cool. Uh it's set during the Harlem Renaissance. I I've never heard of Bitter Root by before before this. It's set during the Harlem Renaissance. It's a period piece. It's about a, a family, a black family at that. Um prejudice. You know, obviously she's, you know, dealt with that issue with uh the Watchmen TV series and a lot of other movies that she's done uh, as well. Um Throughout, uh, one of uh, if Beale Street could talk, she was in that. She played the mother in that. So she, you know, she she knows what she's doing. You know, she's. I, I don't think Regina King is one of those people that's gonna pick a project because it sounds cool to do. I think she picked this project because she liked the material and she felt that she could really bring that to life and do something uh that not only is a great adaptation for the comic book but also something that she can do that she can put her own stamp on it i think that's really cool so this is really cool this is really awesome i never heard of Bitterroot before there's no word yet on when production is going to start but they're rewriting the script right now she's just signed on so i'm looking forward to this i really am and i liked what she did with one Nine in miami uh i thought the movie itself could have used a little bit you know just a little bit more of a punch but uh, no pun intended because you know muhammad ali's in there but um or the character, character-wise, anyway. But, uh, but, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of cool. So, uh, moving on. Universal Pictures has purchased the screen rights to the new book by Michael Lewis titled The Premonition, A Pandemic Story. The movie will be directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller and will produce through their Lord and Miller Banner, Banner, Banner <laughs> along with Amy Pascal, who, of course, was the former head of Sony Pictures and is now uh, producing movies. The search for a writer is currently underway as Lord Miller complete their next project called Project Hail Mary with Ryan Gosling over at MGM, which is based off another novel by Andy Weir, who is the writer of The Martian. As for the book and movie, The Premonition focuses on a series of medical visionaries who saw the dangers of the exponential COVID spread based on the information that was coming from China and by doing mathematical calculations, even as President Trump or then President Trump assured Americans that they had nothing to worry about. The focus is on three main characters who work in the White House, a biochemist, a public health worker, and a federal government employee. In their own way. They tried to sound the alarm and work around bureaucracies like the CDC. Their efforts didn't prevent hundreds. Their efforts didn't prevent hundreds and thousands of deaths but it helped keep death counts lower than otherwise uh that could have been so that's the synopsis of the book the approach is said to be similar to the tone of all the president's men and it could be similar to his other novel that was adapted that was also based off a real event the big short which also followed a lot of different groups of people and it was of course during the stock market uh, the stock market crash. Lewis's other books that have been adapted were Moneyball, which of course was the movie with Brad Pitt about uh, Billy Bean and his strategy of uh, baseball, which is now, you know, employed by pretty much every other baseball team that you can think of he also has another book being adapted over at netflix he actually has two stuff being adapted over at netflix uh netflix one of them being the fifth risk which is being done by the obama uh the obama's production banner uh which is really cool because you know they have a production banner now and the other one is called flash boys uh they also have Uh, liars poker which is being adapted over at warner brothers so basically if you ever see anything with michael lewis's name on it just get it because it's probably good and it's probably going to be adapted into a movie someday so there you go bong joon ho's next film looks to be an intriguing one reports are coming out that the parasite director's next movie or at least one of his next movies will be an animated action horror movie that will feature deep sea creatures the script from the animated movie uh, was something that he was working on since 2018. And after he won the Oscar for Parasite, he said he had a couple scripts lined up. Apparently, this is one of them because he just finished it earlier this year, reportedly in January. Not only that, he'll team up with the local tech and animation company called Fourth Creative Party, which coincidentally Jun-ho has already worked with on films like Mother, *Okja*, Jaw, and Snowpiercer. However, before the untitled movie gets going, Junho, like I mentioned, is working on another screenplay for an English-language film that is expected to be produced. expected to be produced first, and is reportedly based on a true event from 2016. Although no specifics uh, are known at the moment about that, uh, Junho did mention back in 2019 that his next movies wouldn't be "quote-unquote" big films like *Snowpiercer* or even Jaw, but the size "quote" of parasite or mother junho is currently developing a parasite spinoff show at hbo with adam mckay which is set in the same world uh, of the movie and producing another film called sea fog which is an adaptation of a 2014 korean language movie which he co-wrote so uh he's a very busy man and uh i'm all on board the boon uh the bong junho train part of the uh what, what do they call themselves the um the bong hot was it the bong hive or the june hive? i can't remember what it was i can't remember what it was um but yeah I, i'm a complete fan of his i loved Snowpiercer i really liked parasite uh mother was interesting i didn't even realize that it was him uh until uh he directed parasite and i was like well, like why does that movie sound familiar and i remember i watched it uh so i didn't even realize that was him and all was was interesting just to, to say the least but, uh, but yeah, uh, so there you go. Uh, and finally, the last movie news item, at least at the time of this recording, is ever since the idea and rumor and rights to Marvel's first family, a.k.a. the Fantastic Four, went back to Marvel, fan casting began pretty much right away. And one particular couple that, w- that were linked to the role of Reed Richards and Stu Storm were real-life married couple John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Well, Blunt did an interview with Howard Stern this week, and the topic of the fan casting was brought up. And instead of walking away from the question or backing away, or playing coy. Blunt actually answered the question and probably br- broke a lot of people's hearts in the process. Blunt said the idea of them in the movie is just that—it's just fan casting. Uh, besides, neither her or consistency have gotten a call from Marvel or from anyone at Marvel or Disney to. For, for you know for them to be a part of the movie and when stern said that her acting in a superhero movie would be quote beneath her blunt rightly said don't say that just very very cool and then went on to say uh, that superhero movies just aren't for her so i'm gonna read her quote so bear with me saying quote i loved iron man and i wanted to work with robert downing jr it would have been amazing but i don't know superheroes are for me they're not up they're not up my alley. I think it's been exhausted. We are inundated. It's not that it's only the movies. It's all of the TV shows as well. It's not to say that I would never want to play one. It would just have to be something cool, and then I would be interested. Uh, so that was her whole quote. Uh, if you remember, Blunt actually was going to play Black Widow in Iron Man 2. Uh, she had to turn down the role of Black Widow in Iron Man 2 due to contractual obligations with, at the time, 20th Century Fox uh when they made her do that very forgettable and much forgotten gulliver's travels movie with jack black so she pretty much got the short end of the stick on that one uh now of course this all could be a ruse and when it comes down to finally announcing a cast she could be casted but for now blunt uh is not a part of that now you know, Blunt is she's, she's the, you know, it's funny that I see some people being like, Oh, she's anti comic book. No, she's not, because she's actually in a comic book property. She was in Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow was based off a graphic novel. Uh just not a graphic novel here from America, but it was based off a graphic novel. You know, they're talking about doing a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow, uh, but she says she's game for she's just waiting for the green light and waiting for Tom Cruise and Doug Lyman to be like Let's do it. Um, so there is that. And I also like the blunt shutdown that superhero movies were beneath her because there's a lot of superhero properties out there. Yes, there are a lot of separate, you know, superhero pro- properties out there. And there's a lot in the pipeline. But it does irk me a little bit when people, especially in the entertainment industry, say that actors should stay away from comic book movies and say that they're beneath them and say they're just trash. I mean, you know, that's their opinion. But, you know, to say that the actors appearing in that movie are like, why would you do it? Like, why are you questioning them? it's their career. Like they, they want to do it. Maybe they, you know, maybe, Hey, comic book movies pay a lot. Maybe they're trying to buy a house or, you know, add an addition to their house or something. Um, but I really like that blunt, you know, immediately, immediately said that, uh, you know, acting in a superhero movie or a comic book movie, uh, wasn't beneath her. Cause that's kind of demeaning when every time I kind of, I kind of see it. Kinda, it does kind of irk me a little bit. You know and i'm not even you know the biggest comic book guy out there you know i, I was into comic books when i was when i was younger and i kind of fell out of it because i really couldn't afford it um yeah i just couldn't really afford it anymore you know i'm sl- slowly getting back into it but you know anytime i see you know people be like oh like there's way too much stuff out there's like yeah there probably is you know there, there is and you know there's and there's been talks about you know steven spielberg was famous for saying that comic book movies superhero movies were going to go the, the way of the Western. And obviously, you know, if you know anything about, you know, your cinema history, Westerns were everywhere. Westerns, you know, back then, Westerns were comic book movies, pretty much. There was always a Western. Every studio had a Western movie, pretty much. And there was Westerns coming out, you know, every, you know, however, you know, whatever the release cycle was back then. It's not as common as it is now. And they kind of went away because, you know, there was a lot of them. And then, you know, the, the, the lore, the attraction of Western movies kind of went away. And that could happen for comic book movies. It could happen soon. It can happen next year. It can happen the year afterwards. It can happen. It's probably already happening now for a lot of people. And that's fine. You know, it's not going to be for everybody. It's like horror movies. They're not for everybody. It's like documentaries. They're not for everybody. But um, it always irks me when people are like, oh, it's like, why, why is that person doing comic movie? Like, why do you care? Like, they want to do it. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have nephews, nieces that, you know, ask them like, hey, you should do this. Do it for me. I think we'll do it but like to be like you know oh that you know comic movies are beneath you like no come on nothing's beneath anybody that's just that's just that's just messed up so yeah i you know i, I was on board with the the blunt casting i thought that i thought that was really cool uh I, I was really more the caliber of what blunt would bring to sue storm obviously you know we all we know right now is we have a director for fantastic four i think i, I, I already forgot who i think but we, I know we have a director for the movie. There's no release date for it. There's no production date for it. We just know what's happening. We just know it's coming. We have the logo and that's it. That's all we have. And, you know, if you have all these other movies, you know, we got to get through, you know, Shang-Chi. We have to get through black widow. We have to get through, um, uh, internals. Uh, we have to get through black Panther, uh, Wakanda forever, which is what the, the name of the movie We have to get through the Marvels, which is the, the sequel to captain Marvel two. We have to get through all those first into the TV series, we had to get through loki and hawkeye and you know uh, what if and, and and all this other stuff before we get to fantastic four and i'm okay with that No, you know we can wait and depending on who they cast you know i i you know marvel casts anytime marvel casts somebody you know people are going to have opinions but you know fantastic four is one of those rare ones where i think marvel needs to really be careful who they cast because We've been burned by Fantastic Four movies in the past. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was through 20th Century Fox. So we have to wait and see. Uh, I-, I hope whoever they cast will be good and, and do their role justice. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're, you know, you know, their, their casting process right now, their casting director for that movie, is working really hard. Uh, trying to find the right people to play the Fantastic Four. It's obviously Marvel's first family. Very popular characters amongst comic book fans there's the car i was talking about earlier um so yeah i just hope that um whatever happens fantastic four wise i'm sure it'll be great i really do okay speaking of blunt uh disney announced that their adaptation of jungle cruise which stars emily blunt dwayne johnson jesse Plemons, jack whitehall edgar ramirez and paul giamatti is getting the hybrid release method similar to what they are doing with black widow and cruella disney will release jungle cruise both in theaters and on Disney Plus through their premium access feature on the same day. The movie, in case you don't know, Johnson will play a wisecracking skipper played Frank Wolf or named Frank Wolf, Uh, and Blunt plays a researcher by the name of Dr. Lily Halton, I think that's how they're pronouncing the the name, uh, who convinces Frank to take her and her brother to the Amazon and search for an ancient tree with unspeakable healing abilities. Of course, they aren't the only ones searching for it, and all parties must face multiple dangers from supernatural forces and the deceptive beauty of the rainforest. Jungle Cruise will open on July 30th. This is pretty interesting. You know, Disney it's the moves they're making with their movies are interesting because you know obviously black widow you know there was a the whole it's it's only going to come out in theaters it's not going to come out on disney plus and then like a few literally like a month after or something along those lines it was very soon after uh they came out that black widow was going to get the hybrid release method it was going to come out in theaters and it was going to come out on disney plus through the premium access feature they did it with cruella um they're doing it now with jungle cruise you know they've released certain movies that were going to come out in theaters like soul that came out for free on disney plus luca which was supposed to come out uh this summer and it is still coming out this summer is going free to disney plus so the moves they're kind of making you know and trying to you know decide you know what we're going to ask fans to pay for and what we're not going to ask fans to pay for is interesting but uh, it seems like all their animated stuff is getting um is getting you know the free uh release except for Ryan the last dragon you have to pay for that but um it's cool you know i think disney when they you know when they when you know theaters started opening and a lot of stuff disney was one of the first studios to come out at least from what i can remember they came out and were like we're listening to the fans we're listening to what they want they released a really great statement i forgot to look it up so i can read it again but they released a a a solid statement that that i really liked and enjoyed and it was probably one of the best statements that i read from from a studio recently about opening up theaters and you know what they're going to do with their movies now that theaters are opening up in some you know in some country you know some countries some states you know laxing on the rules a little bit so there is that but uh pushing off that And uh, again, kind of going off our final movie news item of the week, uh, finally, Disney announced during an an investor's call that both Free Guy, the action comedy with Ryan Reynolds, and Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will have a 45-day window of exclusivity at a movie theater. Meaning that both movies will not be going to Disney Plus or Hulu or PVOD or whatever else Disney owns uh, digitally after their initial release until after they spend 45 days in the theater. Meaning if you really want to go watch these movies, especially Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, you have to either rent out a movie theater uh, or, you know, risk going to a packed theater or however, you know, however theaters are going to, you know, uh, open up and slowly open up or anything like that, or just wait until the 45 days are up and hopefully nothing gets spoiled for you online. Uh obviously there's still COVID out there. Uh it does look like it's sc- sort of getting better. You know, people are getting vaccinated more. Uh the CDC, you know, obviously just you know lacks their rules on people who are vaccinated about masks. Uh please still wear your masks. <laughs> um, But uh, this could be the right move for Disney uh, on Disney's part. You know they'll also obviously wait and see uh, once you know we get through the summer because both these movies are coming out in the fall and winter, respectively. Um, Shang Chi is coming out in the fall, and Free Guy. Sorry about that. Uh, Free Guy is. uh, I don't know if you heard that, but uh, Free Guy is coming out in the winter. It's coming out in December, and I think Shang Chi comes out in September, right? Something like that, mid September. So this could be a good move on Disney's part. You know, obviously we're still a little bit ways away from that, and. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how you know things play out publicly with COVID and with masks and how people you know hopefully we you know we can have nice things again and we can start doing stuff you know I, I know a lot of states I know the state I'm living in I live in Illinois um, you know they're gonna start having uh, festivals and stuff and they're gonna start uh, supposedly having Lollapalooza which if you know anything about Lollapalooza here in Chicago it's a big you know it's a I was it's one of the biggest music festivals out there um and uh there's always a lot of people there so they're gonna start opening that up and it's gonna be interesting to see how that works out but um yeah uh i can't wait to see what happens with this and you know again i think again i think this is a cool move again with the move here with the 45 days exclusive in theaters you know with every studio kind of going through the motions with you know streaming services you know warner brothers has the uh 30 days on hbo max uh, if you want to watch it at home, you can go to a theater. You know, next year, they're going to have that deal with Regal uh, where it's like, a, I forgot what the window was. I don't think, I think it actually might be 45 days as well. So, you know, 45 days in a movie theater at, at a Regal theater at that. And then, you know, they can put it on HBO Max if they want to. Paramount Plus has that um, that window as well for theaters, the movie open theater. And then we'll go to Paramount Plus. Sony, I think, also has that deal with Netflix. I think they're going to, you know, I, I forgot what the window f- window for that was i think it was 45 days it seems like the new number is 45 days uh for exclusive uh, exclusivity and i said that wrong uh for exclusive uh, exclusive i can't i can't say it now i'm self-conscious about saying it but i think that that's the new uh window because it used to be 90 days and now it's 45 days it's still a long time it's still it's still a very long time for a movie to be in theaters and not be anywhere else but uh i think you know, depending, you know, once we get out of this pandemic, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see kind of how uh, that changes. Obviously, the pandemic changed everything. You know, studios shut down, productions shut down. Uh, you know, we were, we were kind of at a loss for finding uh, movies and finding new content and stuff like that. So uh, I think it's great that they're, you know, kind of slowly getting back into, you know, everything and uh, keeping movies in theaters for a little bit, you know, not saying that you should, you know, go out in theaters. If you can rent out a theater, then great. You know, that's what me and my family have been doing. I know that's what some other people have been doing as well. Renting out a theater is awesome, you know, because you don't have to worry about anything. You can stretch out as much as you want. But uh, it is going to be very different, you know, once this, you know, goes away or, you know, it is, you know, not necessarily a big threat uh, to us. COVID, that that being that thing, um, sitting in a movie theater with a bunch of strangers again gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird, but I also think it's going to be really cool. It's gonna it's gonna feel normal again. So uh, I guess this is the podcast of just going off on tangents and not knowing where I'm going. Uh I, I guess I needed that vacation more than I thought I did. But uh yeah, okay, that is it. So that's all the movie news, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh like I mentioned it was kind of a short week and I forgive the background noise. I will Try to find another room where it's not as noisy next time, because it seems like I am going to be recording podcasts from from work for, at least for the next um, the next few weeks. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. I know you probably wonder, like, why do not you just record it when you get home, idiot, her loser? Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't. I just want to go home and relax. Uh, but. <laughs> uh thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week very much appreciate it uh make sure to check out all the links down below in the description slash show notes area can't speak now uh you'll have uh the twitter page the instagram page for the podcast you'll have all the links to trailers links to where you can listen to the podcast depending on where you're listening you can be listening on youtube on apple podcast on stitcher on spotify wherever you're listening to very much uh thank you very much for for listening on that platform Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. All that helps out the podcast in the long run. Helps me out. Helps the podcast out. Very much would appreciate it. And maybe one day I can quit my job and do podcasting. So you don't have to worry about background noise like this all the time. And I don't have to worry about whispering for the most part. All right. Uh, or be really close to the mic uh this should be fun editing because i don't even know what it sounds like so um thank you guys so much for the podcast. thank you so much for listening i appreciate it thank you guys so much have a good weekend have a good rest of your week whenever you're listening to this podcast thank you guys so much uh and as always go watch some movies yeah give it up movies